following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting edition of Stories from the Sidelines. With me, as always, my co-host, Matt. Matt's a little tired from Monday Night Football yesterday. I just said I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> We're not talking about the game, just, you know, just the experience, the Monday Night Football game. Um, yeah, we'll we'll brush over that real quickly. But I know I'm super excited. I know they were supposed to come a couple weeks ago, but we finally, after contract negotiations, after getting all the clearances, dealing with um, agents and everything, we finally got into studio. Uh, well, she was here before, and then that's why she she got an agent, because she got such a great response from her episode. Uh, Megan Smith from Niagara Wheatfield. Megan, welcome back. Thanks for having me. And Michelle White, Michelle Cutie White. From Grand Island. Here we go. All right, they're ready to go. Um, now, uh, Megan coaches cross country and outdoor track. Uh, Michelle is cross country, indoor, oof, and outdoor. Yeah. Um, Michelle, now we we both coach indoor. We had our first meet on Saturday. Uh, what time did you guys end up getting? What time did you guys end up getting home? I know we got home at midnight. We pulled in um, around one, and then you know you got to wait for the last kid to be picked up. I rolled into my house about one thirty in the morning. I rolled into my house probably around twelve forty-five, and it's now. Do you do the same thing? Like if we're a half hour out from a bus ride, I'll tell the kids we're going to be there in fifteen minutes. Yes. Call, call and for you your ride. and oh, you I still typically go to this one kid because I know it's every time. Call for your ride. Okay, coach. Okay. Yep, and it's still you got to get there, and you still wait another ten, fifteen yep. minutes while you're asleep, and you're like, "Oh my god, yes. just get home!" I can tell you, it was way past my bedtime. Oh my god! And, and we were talking about this earlier. Um, I think I saw you at one point during the indoor meet, and I'm just like on my third or fourth cup of coffee, trying to stay awake, and I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll talk to her later." <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's like a twenty. You were I think maybe fifty, sixty feet away. I'm like too far of a walk i don't want to get out of my chair it's tough it was tough um but it was fun i mean i know we had a good day um and that's all you can ask for um uh, so we're coming in hot today um speaking of the monday night football games uh, I've, I've got two dogs anybody here uh got any dogs at home dog people megan's shaking her head yes like like we can <laughs> see her on camera you gotta you gotta talk to <laughs> yes i have a dog megan are your dogs like anything like mine where Especially before the game, I'll take them out an hour before the game. I'll take them out a half hour, 20 minutes before the game. They'll go, you know, number one, number two. And without, with just like clockwork, two minutes before kickoff, they'll both go to the door, start whining, start barking. I got to go out. I got to, like, girls, you just went out two minutes ago. I love you, but can you, can you wait? Is it like that with yours? At least yours go to the door. So I came home from <laughs> dropping my daughter off at gymnastics yesterday. I wanted to get home right before kickoff. And my husband said, just come in the front door. I was like, that's, I 
can't go in the garage. He had put the dog in the garage because the dog pooped on the tree skirt and then was laying on the couch. So when Scott yelled at the dog for pooping on the tree skirt, the dog then peed on the couch because he was scared. And and that was about 15 minutes before kick. So he's cleaning up poop and pee on the couch. So the dog stayed in the garage for a little bit of the first part of the Bills game. <laughs> so he had a flag on the play and the opening kickoff. There was a flag on the play. I love it. Um, and and I love my two dogs, and I'm usually one. I mean, you know, I'm a very soft-spoken guy. You know, I'm very calm, which is total BS. But uh, during games, I've noticed, especially when I've gotten Bailey. I've got two dogs at home, Bailey and Bella. Uh, Bella's just a crazy golden doodle. Bailey's a, a boxer rescue that we got. Um, a couple of years ago and during games, Bailey will come up and she'll sit either next to me or on my lap on the couch. And if I get too loud, she'll like, look at me, she'll growl, like almost like, Hey, knock it off. And then just put her head right back on my lap. And it's funny when I, when we first got her a couple of years ago, she would like, when I would, you know, get a little excited watching the games or get a little angry watching the games, she would go and she would like lay down and hide in the closet. Like, this guy's nuts. This guy's crazy. So just having her, she's kind of, now she'll just, she knows the deal by now, but she'll she'll still give me that, I'm like, okay, sorry. So is there a lot of growling last night? Yes. <laughs> from yes. you and the dog? From me, from, Larry too. from me and the dog. But Bailey did, uh, did definitely have to calm me down for a couple points in that game. Specifically, you're, it's early in the game. They just scored a touchdown. They made it 8 nothing. You respond back, why do you kick a field goal? Why not go for two? Tie it up. You know it's going to be that type of game. Matt, I know we didn't want to talk about this, but you know me. I don't listen. We're talking about it a little bit. Do you go for two there? I would. If you're playing such an aggressive coach like Belichick, I would. I mean, later in the game, does it really matter if you're down five or down four? You still need a touchdown, but if you make the extra point... You can kick a field goal there to at least tie it. Um, just, it's giving me a headache. I need Bailey here because she needs to start growling because I'm going to start growling. Um, did you, ladies, did you make it up the whole game? I know there were times, especially, it was such a boring game at times. There were times where I was fading in and out. Did we? I made it. Did we have some growls too? It. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not allowed to be in the seat, in the room. You're not allowed. You're I'm the bad luck charm. My husband has told me, so I stay out of the room. Now, did that did that happen from like a certain game, or has that been all season long? Well, or there are rituals, and you guys know how you are about these bills, and I love them too. Don't get me wrong; I love the idea of them, but when it gets to the obsessive point of wearing the same clothes and texting the same people the same message and kicking your wife out of the room it gets a little much i'll take the growling dog I'm just <laughs> no so. vicky vicky watches the games with me and she'll look at me and she'll give me the calm down calm down exactly um and it's great and there's been times where she'll be like She's a Steelers fan. She she knows Ooh, it. She's she, yeah. I know. That. Oh, but here's here's the best part of that. Here's what a trooper she is. You know that we went. She got me tickets for the home opener. So we went to the home opener against the Steelers, and she wore Bills stuff. So oh, she is a love. she's a trooper. That is that is, love. That is love. love. She's a trooper. 
But it's funny because after a while, like even on the two points, you're like, I would have gone for two there. And I'm just looking like, all right, coach, thanks. <laughs> but she has no problem giving it back, too. So I uh, love it. I had a nephew that went to the game last night. He's a Patriots fan. So he went in his Ew. Patriots jersey. And the only thing I kept texting him, please don't get in a fight. Please don't get in a fight. <laughs> Came Make sure clean. you're with other Patriots fans. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But, yeah, it's um, – I don't know. They're starting to scare me. They're starting to think – I'm starting to think that they might – I mean, do they miss the playoffs? Yes. The you think You think so? We don't deserve it. it, it whether we deserve it or not, that's a whole other topic. But, yeah. Not I, this season. No. We don't deserve it this season. You, um, you just – Ruined any chance to have Ken Dorsey on your podcast right there. I was going to say, we'll bring up Ken Dorsey. Ken, I'm still with you. <laughs> listen, I, I want them to I, go. Hopefully, hopefully listen, I've always said. I just said, got your Christmas card today. It's beautiful. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Ken's uh, the offensive coordinator next year. But that's that's so. So you actually we won't. We'll throw the ball instead so we'll, of just running it with no run game. No running backs, no or running backs. or our only running back who has been pretty electric the last couple of games because he fumbled was just banished from the game the rest of the day. Like yep. that's just ridiculous. I I, uh, I don't I don't see them uh, banning or uh, sitting Josh every time he throws an interception or fumbles the ball. But is Mitch Trubisky even play? Like is he, he like available now or oh, is yeah, he still he's out? Back. No, he's okay. off the COVID list okay. and uh, everything. So sorry, right, we'll play Tom Brady next week and lose that game <laughs> no i've got us winning i think yeah I, i've got us winning i'm still i'm still keeping Gosh, the faith i hope so i've man. got us winning but they say though i guess there's stats even if they lose the new england game and or the next new england game and the and the tampa bay game as long as they take care of the was it atlanta the jets and carolina they still have a 90 per, that'll give them 10 wins they still have a 90 percent chance to make the wild card to make the wild card. listen we can make the wild card and stuff it's just I don't think the mistake. I think the mistakes are too mounting for us to like really make a good run. It could, but you know what? Coming in as a wild card that could help us because we have a we were wild card last year. No, we were the AFC champions. No, AFC we, East champions. Yeah, but weren't we still? We were in the wild well, card. Well, because yeah, we were the number two seed. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, we were in the wild card round. But it'd be nice, maybe because or we could we actually could learn from our mistakes and just went out for the rest of the. That's that's what I'm thinking and hoping. And we can um, – Dawson we, Knox can't drop simple passes. Hey, that was pass interference in the end zone. It was windy. It was windy. Um, he and there was a lot of there was a lot of just twice and he didn't catch it. All right. Sorry, Dawson. I tried. <laughs> uh, and then there was a lot of hot air coming from the New England sideline, but that's that's another thing. All right. So, a lot of hot air coming from my basement where Christopher was doing homework and we missed the field goal. And all we heard from the basement was, wide right, says the Jets fan in Ugh. the basement. Wait, Chris is a Jets fan? Huge Jets fan. Oh, that's it. He's never back in the podcast again. He's he's done. He's banished. He knows about pain. <laughs> that's pain. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Actually, maybe we'll have him back at the podcast before the Jets game, before week 18, and we'll uh, – We'll have him, not as a guest, we'll have him just there so we can stand and mock him the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to that game. He'll be all in his jet skier. I'm going to that game, too. Are you? Yeah. We'll, we'll have to meet up for beers. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Enough, enough Bill's talk. We'll, we'll talk about something fun. Now, um, you two have been, you guys both ran a Bonaventure together, but that's not how you meet. Tell, tell me how you guys met. 
Oh, I'm going to defer to the older member on the couch. <laughs> Ooh, the elder. The elder statesman. Oh, by three, two years. All right. So, Michelle, so, how'd you guys meet? Megan and I met at a camp um, up in Lake Placid, um, the Olympic training camp. And I went as a senior. You were at, what, eighth grade? Mm-hmm. Teeny, tiny little thing. If you know what <laughs> Emily looks like now, that's mm-hmm. exactly what Megan looked like. Really? That small? Oh, wow. Tiny. And everywhere. She was everywhere. <laughs> like a bad penny. Couldn't shake her. <laughs> Wanted to be like the big kids. Um, so, I had good people to look up to, like Michelle. Yeah, that is true. But we still couldn't shake her. So we met there. Uh, went through a week of torture. It was tough. And um, I never saw her again until you came to visit um, as a possible recruit at Bonaventure. She, um, the coach asked me to take her, and I'm like, I think I know this girl. Yeah, we'll take her. And we made her sleep on the floor. <laughs> for, for like, the overnight awesome. recruiting? or yeah. yeah. So it turns out she grew. She still was a bad penny. <laughs> well, you can't I fix should, everything. I <laughs> showed back up. <laughs> but no, it was fun. It was a lot and of fun. A wonderful overnight recruiting visit. The girls in the team were amazing. I went to the bookstore. I bought the little Bonaventure sticker. I threw it on the back of my car. You I were drove sold. home. My dad's like, are we going to talk about this? And I was like, no, it's where I want to go. <laughs> and he's like, well... It's kind of like a family talk. And I was like, I made my decision. <laughs> I really like Michelle. Yeah, it was fun. It was, I mean, that when you look back on those times, and it actually helps me be the coach I am today, is that it's just a journey. And, you know, you've got so many memories and so many things that you shut out. <laughs> but that was a good memory. I the love girls it. girls took to her. Um, my roommate was also a teammate. Um, she was on the team. So we were, it helped that I think that both of us were on the team. Yeah. And um, both of us were drastically different majors. So Meg got a good glimpse. Of, did you go to class with us? I don't I remember. Yeah. Meg, you went to class? I think, I think you, <laughs> I did. Yeah. I think you guys actually, I think I went to class with McGraw yeah. because she was phys ed major. Um, and then we all met back up. I couldn't practice, so I sat and watched practice. They we did dinner mm-hmm. and then basketball game, which Ooh. was the UMass game where Marcus Camby went down in yeah, the tunnel, he collapsed. Oh, you were at that, that game. That was yeah. my recruiting visit. <sighs> what a visit! Yeah, oh. but you know what? In all honesty, when um, you know, I've had some girls on the team go through the recruiting process, and that's important to me as a as a high school coach now that they have a great experience no matter where they are. And I was proud to know that Bonaventure still does the same thing on overnights. They go to class with the kids. I mean, they get a real good glimpse of what it's about. Um, At Bonaventure, they're still doing dinners together after practice. They still do study hall. We did breakfast after morning practices. Um, So I was glad to see that those, those things still happen. Beautiful. Um, Now, Michelle, did you have any memorable moments on your overnight during your during your recruiting? Or I actually didn't go on an overnight. Oh, really? It was it was a, it was a different story. When I was recruited, I was given a letter saying, "This is how much we'll give you." 
Make your decision. <laughs> <laughs> and that number was right. So you're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, it wasn't, there were, and it was, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of offers, but I knew I was going to Bonaventure the moment I pulled into that place. It's just got that feeling and you know your home. And I knew at the moment I pulled in that driveway, you know, that long driveway when the, all, it's all spelled out in the bushes. Well, it used to be St. Bonaventure. And, um, I knew it. I just knew right then and there. And then there was an offer on the table, and um, like, yeah, this is a good fit for me. Let's Sweet. do it. Yeah, I think with colleges and our uh, my daughter Sarah's, um, she's off to Syracuse now. Um, she's a freshman there, and it was kind of the same thing. We, that was her first um, first college tour that she took, and we did two more. We did uh, Boston College and Boston um, University, but all during the trip, she was just like, "Well, it's not as good as Syracuse." Well, yeah. I really like Syracuse. So at that point, we just kind of like, Sarah, and she had done the research. She's like, well, you know, I'm bio. They're a good bio. They're a good research program. We're like, okay, we've got like four more that we want to see. Is there any point? I mean, she's like, no. She's like, I really want it. It was one of those, I love the campus, love it from the moment we yeah. drove up. And it, so it was kind of a, like you, kind of a done yeah. deal. And that doesn't happen for everybody, I don't think. So when it does happen... Yeah. You're very fortunate. And I mean, for that, you, I mean, you're spending the next four years of your life there. You exactly. better you better have that, you know, oh, wow moment. So that's awesome. Now, um, you guys were telling me you both you both ran cross country and you ran track, but it wasn't a track program. It was more of cross country training. But you guys would run against other other universities, other colleges for track. Yeah. I mean, we had our at least my junior and senior year our uniforms actually said Bonaventure cross country and we'd show up at track and field meets and maybe throw together a four by eight because we were distance mm-hmm. runners or a distance medley relay. Most of us would run, you know, the 5,000 or the 3,000 on the track. And I think I was at the time the only high jumper for St. Bonaventure. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that. That's funny. Oh, so you did some of the field events then? I did them in high school, so and it was something that I loved to do. So I jumped and long jumped and triple jumped and high jumped and in my cross country uniform. Yep. But it was it was mandatory. We had to we had to do outdoor track. Yeah. It was part of the training package. Okay. So it was country. still your cross country coach. Yes. Coaching it. Okay. Yes. I didn't know if it was something that you guys just put together as like an independent team or no. no. Okay. Was, and then my senior year is when it actually became an official. Division one. So now they have recognized. division one recognized cross country and division one recognized track and field. And that that coach carried over with him. Yes. yes. He okay. has an amazing program going down there. I'm just so pleased with the progress of it. And is I he can't... still is he still down there? Not our coach. Oh, that's actually sad. He just died a couple years ago. Oh. So that's we, really sad. we actually ran with Christopher and Emily, Michelle and I, we all ran in his memorial race yep. at Bonas. Oh, that's yeah. But this new guy, he's got it going. You know, he's got them running all three seasons. He's building an amazing program. He's got and... some great grad assistants helping him with the program, yeah. and the recruiting class he has coming in this year yeah, he... is top of the line. Like, that's... I'm excited to see where the program goes because you know you always obviously want to see it succeed, and those are our colors that those girls carry and guys carry with them on their meets and um you just want to see it succeed and he's doing a great job 
Now, I know you guys both coach um, outdoor track. Do you ever get a chance to go back and, and see some of the old meets or go back to Bonaventure and see your meets or yeah, talk to any of the year, teams? They do a little three-meet where they run against um, NU and Canisius, and that's usually in the Buffalo area. This year it was up at Fort Niagara, so I took my girls' team to oh, watch. Okay. And um, it was and then awesome. Coach signed one of her girls, so... Oh, I was going to say, that's nothing. I was going to ask, did you have any of your athletes that went up to Bonaventure? Um, so, yeah, uh, Faith Caldwell did just sign with them. Oh, very nice. Um, so I'm super excited for her and, you know, the, the next four years of her life because she's just about to take off, um, uh, without a doubt, to another level. So, um, But it was good for them to see D1 competition, and it was eye-opening for the seniors and even for the underclassmen to go and see, like, wow, I can do this. So... You know, let's go, let's do it. But um, I haven't been to a track meet. Have you? I went to, they ran at UB in the NCAA last year. And UB hosted the NCAAs. It was a two, it was a two day meet. I keep, I keep giving, I keep giving Megan and Michelle, like either arrow this way, arrow that way for the bike. (laughs) Yeah. So I went to UB and I watched the NCAA um, meet. I just went down just for a couple hours, caught a little bit of it just to see. It's Did you just, get a chance to talk to the coach at all? Or the, the yeah, I mean, runners? we talk on a consistent basis. Oh, good. And text him. And so he, he still keeps in touch with the alumni and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That's awesome. And then and then Megan, you just had a runner. You're, um, who's it, Miranda? What was her name? Miranda Gatto. She just went to regionals, correct? She did, yes. Okay. And how'd she do there? Well, talk um, us a little bit about that. Like, what is, what is regionals for cross country? So it goes states, then federations, and then from federations, the top, I think the top 50 in federations move on to the Nike cross regionals. And then there's like some at-large bids and this or that. So really anyone can register for the Nike Cross. It's similar to the Foot Lockers or Kinney's when Michelle and I were in high school. Um, so Kinney's and Foot Lockers happen in Van Cortland Park in New York City. The Nike meet is regionalized around. There's seven different regions, and then they all funnel into nationals in Portland, Oregon. Okay. So anyone can register. It's an open race. So it's an open race. And but she actually so you, qualified for it. Right. right. Okay. So there's a championship race that you have to qualify by time. So you enter and then the meet directors seed. And if you're in the top echelon, you run in the championship race. And if not, you run. So the top five teams run championship and the top 70 individuals run championship and then everyone else can run open. And was so Miranda, Miranda was in the top Miranda 70? Miranda was in championship. Okay. And then from there, she came. She was 55th at Feds and then went on to Nike Regionals. And they take the top five individuals, similar to states, okay. not including the winning team. Well, Saratoga killed it as they're one of the top ranked teams in the nation That's right now. They usually do. They put their top, they put their top seven girls in sub, like, 19s. Yeah. So they're actually Saratoga's number seven just signed with St. Bonaventure, and Miranda was a second behind her. Really? So so she did very well. Though. Miranda did very well. So when they took out the top seven Saratoga girls who were all ahead of Miranda, it put Miranda seventh overall. The top five individuals would have moved on to Oregon. 
So there were no nationals because of COVID. Because of COVID. Um, I think it would have been a completely different race, too, if people knew they were fighting for those oh, five. For sure. You know, who knows how that would have, would she have been able to outkick some people? Would everyone else have run a little bit better? You have no idea. It is an amazing, amazing course. Like, challenging, awesome. The first mile and a half is all uphill, and the second mile and a half is all downhill. Um, and she's gotten a couple coaches' interest saying, wow sub 20 on that course so and we've got one more year so i'm really excited for her future too so it'll be it'll be pretty neat that's awesome now is that the first time as a coach you had one of your athletes go that far yeah awesome um and just michelle i mean we've talked about this before um just as an as another nfl coach how excited are you just to see another NFL athlete make it that far? Like not a not a Grand Island athlete, but just an, well, anybody we, from the NFL. We talk a lot about that, and um, both well, Faith went to states this year, so it was Faith and Amanda, or sorry, Miranda, and then Meg and I. I could not have done that without having Meg there. I mean, it was just it's overwhelming as the first time that you go. Um, so to have someone else there uh, was definitely a comfort and. But the whole NFL thing, after the state meet, or after the girls ran, we were like, on the way home, we were like, way to represent NFL. Like, Absolutely. This is awesome. And, you know, Tim, the Lackport coach, was texting us the whole time, like, holy crap, you guys, this is awesome. Way to have, you know, we're so proud of these girls. And I think that's the, the makeup of the NFL and the coaches is that everybody just feeds off each other. And it's just so healthy and I guess maybe it's just the level of respect that we all have for each other. But you had posted something on Facebook and I had said, listen, or maybe I posted something on Facebook and you commented on it about faith. And I was just like, hey, my girls are your girls and your girls are mine. Absolutely. This is I want to see them succeed. I don't care what color uniform they're wearing, you know, and when we're competing against each other, it's I'm never I mean, I'll coach my girls and, you know, and as they go by me, I'll coach them. But as her girls go by me, I'm, call- I'm cheering the them on thing. by name. And it's just you're cheering, cheering my girls on, on yep. by name. Giving and, them time, shouting out times, yeah. whatever it's got to do. Yeah. And I think that's important for the girls and actually the boys, all of them, to see that these coaches respect each other and that we respect other teams and that we're there to make sure that everybody does their best. And um, I think that just shows that we love our sport. So. Absolutely. And uh, I had Dan Norton, um, one of our assistants over at Ken East, and we were talking about this uh, our last episode where he he primarily does um, the jumping and the sprinting. And whether it's if he's sitting there and it, it's a Niagara Wheatfield kid or a Grand Island kid or a Lockport kid, um, especially at the, at the jumper's pit where he sees that they, they might need a little advice or something that he can fix. He walks over and, and helps him out right away. Uh, myself for throwers. Um, you know, if I see it's a Grand Island uh, boy or girl and they need a help, little help with discus, I'll give them a tip. If it's a Niagara Wheatfield kid, I'll give them the wrong tip. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I was just going to say, for the Kenmore East, I mean, my son's a triple jumper and your coach at NFL championships where, you know, it was it was tight there for a little bit. And it was really looking at the jumpers. I mean, you and I had our little inside little side. You know, Side wager. Niagara Wheatfield was going to go one through one, two, three, and triple, and and your guy actually helped Christopher during warmups and said, you know, you're, I 
centimeter over the board. Like, don't change anything. Just take a tiny step back and keep your keep your count. And Christopher's like, that's so weird. Like, we're they're they're really close to maybe beating us. And yeah. he helped me out. And I was like, it's it's just, it's but not every league works like this. And no. And it's you're so true. And I remember what was it two years ago where you had that the discus, uh, discus thrower, um, Brian Piccolo. Brian, yes. Um, where there's been times whether we were at your guys's place or you were at ours, where I just hey, you know, watch your your block arms not coming back. Watch your spin; it's a little too far. It's just, and I know you guys have helped our kids out on many occasions, whether it's distance, you know, telling them the pace or something. It's just. You're there to win. You're competitive. You want your kids to do best. But at the same time, you're not going to look like, all right, that's a Lukeport kid. I'm not touching them. Or that's a Lockport kid. I'm not coaching. You're just – you're there for the kids too. Well, I expect I expect my athletes – I mean I can't speak for anyone else's expectations, but I expect my athletes to be kind in sports. Absolutely. Like – and I think that stems from the coach. If I'm going to trash talk a program, then – why would they have any respect for the program? Exactly. So I think it comes from – I'd rather – I've always said it. I'd rather have a group that can't win a championship but they're hardworking and they're kind and they're respectful than winning a program with kids that can't be sportsmanlike. Now, do you think too that part of it is is because track and field and cross country – I mean it is a team sport but it's more of an individual sport as opposed to – uh, like I coach soccer, you're you know I'm not going over to the other team's soccer line. Hey, uh, watch number fourteen. You know she's killing. I'm. I mean, do you think it's more of just the track environment, more of the individual environment? I don't know. I know that. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> I know that. Like I think we all have. Well, I think that most of us have the same coaching philosophy, and in the NFL, and I think that. When we can become examples of that, the kids are going to naturally become examples of that as well. And I have to piggyback off of what Meg said. Like, I'll take a team all day that is coachable and kind and respectful and want to be better and want their team to be better than a championship team that is disrespectful and snotty and just a big fat no thank you. I mean, we lost to Meg by one point during the regular season and you know I told the girls and the girls are like okay all right we'll get them next time and then off they go to congratulate the girls that's perfect and that's all you can do and yeah for cross country you guys split the NFL championship NFL title right oh I smoked her at NFLs did you get that part (laughs) I smoked her not I the girls did not me So you what? But the the you guys split the boys' title then, or no? Or, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! 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 I, who'd you who'd you you split, split a whole bunch no, of titles? Who'd I you split, split with? girls with Michelle? Okay, and I split boys with, with Marty. Marty. Marty and West, correct? Yeah. Okay. Marty, who comes cat. out of you no? Know, and sneaky every year, I tell my team, even my girls, and their girls, their girls will be strong. He's got a lot of. Young yeah. ones that he's mold currently molding, um, but he is one coach that you don't put on the back burner because he will be right there. He's that old wily veteran. You never know. You never know what he's got up his sleeve. You never know. He's got the ace in the hole somewhere. He's and he is like the recruit, like the stat guru. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
nobody does stats better than Marty Madore. Nope. <laughs> and then, of course, he runs the the Kenmore Invite, or as we call it, the Marty Madore Marathon. Um, <laughs> it's and I've been I've been trying to get Marty to come on. And in fact, the last text I sent, like, all right, when are you coming on the podcast? His response was, "No chance." <laughs> Oh, he, we can work that out. We we can we can fix that. <laughs> but uh yeah, he he does a great job, but even in, in indoor or indoor and outdoor, he'll just you'll be cruising and next thing you know, he'll either have like a hurdler come out of nowhere or a jumper come out of nowhere or a distance guy come out of nowhere. And it's just and you just kind of shake your head, you just that's that's well, what think, West brings. Like what Michelle said about respect and coachable kids like they respect him and they're willing to work for him and therefore he constantly can produce high quality athletes now i do have to say though that (laughs) all of us as i know i am a product of my high school coach and he's old school cross-country philosophy and I feel like you're a product of your high school coach you know and then you've got izzy who's like the he's my high school coach in a nutshell. And so when you have all these common philosophies, I think it just comes out and I'm just, I thankful so many times I said how thankful I am that it's this league that I coach in because, you know, coming on to the coaching world, it's hard and you get thrown into it and it's either sink or swim. And I'm very thankful of everybody that reached out to help me along the way. And that's how we feel about Anne Marie and Louport. You know, we want, obviously we want her to succeed as a coach and her athletes to succeed. So I don't know. I guess I'm just thankful for that. Yeah. And I mean, she, I think she respects all the coaches in the league. She, we said to her, ask us any questions. I mean, Michelle and I were asking questions on the way home from the state on the state bus. We're asking past, you know, section chairman questions that we are just starting to learn yeah, you know, and it's how it all works and the ins and outs, and and that's that's what some people I don't think realize is like myself. I've been coaching. I think this is my tenth or eleventh year coaching track. I've been coaching uh, soccer for uh, seventeen, sixteen, seventeen years, and I think after a while, people just realize, like, oh, they've been coaching so long, they know it all, they know it all. No. I mean, I've been coaching soccer, like I said, 16, 17 years. There's still things that I'm asking other coaches that I'm learning about. Track and field, same thing. It's you get together, and I know at the NFL meets or sectionals, and you said this last time, a lot of times at the NFL, by the time we get to the NFL meets or sectionals, the coaching is really done. Like a lot of it is just us getting together, whether it's on the bleachers, whether it's in the infield, talking. I mean, we're we're watching our kids giving minor tweaks, minor tweaks here. But a lot of it is just us sharing stories with each other. Us, Hey, I did this. You know, when you look out here, you know, watch. It's just, it's back and forth, constant communication. And sometimes, not sometimes, most times a whole lot of fun. And, and speaking of Marty, he usually tells stories that gets, that have people laughing. Um, So Marty, again, that's another push to get you on the podcast. Um, now, Matt, do you remember like any of your soccer coaches or did, do you remember like any of their personalities kind of rubbing off on you or like learning any, any life lessons from them? No, <laughs> I had one coach. Didn't your dad coach you? Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> Do you uh, still want to say no? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had coaches that really, I had one coach that really kind of portrayed that he didn't want to do what he was doing. Um, you'd always make comments like, I could be doing something else and coaching you. <laughs> so almost like you guys were grateful. You guys should be grateful that he's even here dealing with you type of deal. Um, or is like, make it worth his time. <laughs> More than that. Um, Did it work? No, we didn't care either. If, like, if he was portraying, I don't care, we we're going to be like, okay, we don't care either. I had one coach that was like really just like fundamentals. But I mean, like, he wasn't a bad guy. Like, he just wasn't the kind of person who would, like, really try to, he'd, he'd care about everybody. He was like, no, nah, like, we're doing this. This is what we're doing. It Screw everybody else. There's that. <laughs> and then, and then there's my dad. Whatever that means. Um, <laughs> you know, he coached me like a dad coach. It's like a, a rec league thing. Like, you know. Was it more like, good job, everybody, good job? Or was no, it? He told me, he was like, I know this is house league, but I don't care. We're still going to win. <laughs> And he was just like, if people have a problem with that, they can take it up with the board and all that kind of stuff. Um. <laughs> you guys have never dealt with any parents like that before, have you? Grand Island has great parents. <laughs> <laughs> Megan? I I have great parents. That's a- I mean, I am one of them. So <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth of it, though. Parents in our sport... I think it's because they don't really understand cross country all that well. Like this is their first exposure to it. So they're just like hands off. But I do have to say it's much easier being the athlete than it is being the coach. That's what I've learned in all my coaching experience. I'd much rather be the athlete. It's so much harder being the coach. There's way more. There's just way more that goes like we don't just go outside at three o'clock and they're like, ah, maybe we should run three and a half miles today. Like, there's a plan. A you've got to get. You've got to get to the end of the season. You've got to watch injuries. You've got to work on speed and endurance. So, like, everything is at least on my OCD end of things. Like, there's a rhyme and a reason for every practice, even if it's a practice that maybe a couple two hundreds in a game. There's a reason for that. Whether it's mental or whether it's team bond, team bond, there's a reason that I do each practice. And it was funny. I spent three full weekends with Miranda's parents, and they're like, "We've this. We're learning this sport. Like <laughs> it's crazy." Her dad bought the membership to Mile Split, and she, he's like, "Wow, look at this! Look at this! Look at this!" Um, and it's neat to see like their excitement about wanting to learn a sport. But it's, you know, there's paperwork and the, like you were talking about time commitment, the, the unseen things, planning for a banquet, ordering senior gifts, planning for a senior night, like the things that you want to do for these athletes that take up a lot of time at home. It's not just three o'clock practice done at 530 and you wander on home and you're done for the night and then you go back at three o'clock the next day. So I wish it was that easy. I yeah. I do too. <laughs> now you brought up time commitment. Now both of you both of you are married with kids, um, families at home. Do you guys uh especially early on, did you guys did you guys find it to be a huge um I don't want to say problem, but something that you had to work on? Was it a huge uh issue? 
at times, whether it was um, the kids asking, you know, uh, why are you gone so long? How come you're home so late? How come we don't see you? Or the, you know, uh, the significant other, the spouse, you know, is it was it ever a big time commitment I or think it, problem? I think it's I mean, I wouldn't use the word problem. I think we're I mean, I won't speak for Michelle, but I think we're both lucky and the husbands that we have that understand how important this sport is to us and they're willing to be supportive. Um, I remember when I first started coaching and the kids were little, I I was actually going through old banquet programs. And in my thank you page, I had thank yous to Christopher and Emily. And I would give them gifts at my banquet because I thought it was very important for them to be recognized because I wasn't around as much as I could be. Now things are a little bit differently because I'm coaching my own son. So the time that I'm spending away, a lot of those times we're together. Um, but it's not quality family time. And Scott jokes that, oh, it's cross-country season starting in July. I'll see you in October, which really turned into the end of November this year. It was three weekends away in a hotel. I Yeah. I mean, we were literally gone. Michelle and I were gone to state. And then I was gone the following weekend to Poughkeepsie. And then I was gone the following weekend again to Poughkeepsie. And had Miranda qualified, I would have been on a plane that next Wednesday to Oregon. So, I mean, it definitely is. And when you get home, you constantly, you know, you've got to find out what Grand Island did on Tuesday. And so you can talk to your team about it on Wednesday. And you can enter the meet for Saturday and we talk and we're like, were you able to get on athletic.net? You're good. You're registered. Um, but I think that comes to the other coaches helping each other out, but it is, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time away. And it, it's one of the reasons that I wanted to step down as head track and field. I had no problem being an assistant, but I didn't want to be the person in charge of everything. And I, I, I remember I forgot who told me because um, this was this was pre-COVID that you were going to that was the season actually when COVID all started. And I think I joked around with you, but like, see, Megan quit Niagara Wheatfield and just all heck broke loose. But I, I forgot what coach maybe it was uh, Tim, um, uh, Tim Ativier, who I coached with at East. Uh, maybe he said you weren't coming back. I can't remember what, but I just I think I remember texting you the moment after like question mark. No coaching, like like kind of like WTF, like what's going on? Yeah. And um, I remember you were telling me you just you know you wanted to spend more time with uh, with the kids, more time with Scott. I mean, it's it's what made you come back though? Like why? Um, obviously, we didn't have that season because you know the world couldn't well. handle you not coaching anymore. <laughs> but, but so I did. I <clears throat> I had resigned prior to that season. You guys all started, you had that first week, and then everything shut down. And leading up to, Niagara doesn't have an indoor season. So usually I would do two days in the weight room, just some non-mandatory conditioning to keep my team going leading into the track season. And I wasn't board approved as a track coach, so therefore I wasn't able to work with them. And I did, I did miss that like January, February time with the kids and then the season started and I was at the track more 
than I would have been if I hadn't been coaching, um, trying to help my replacement get his feet off the ground, figure out where the hurdles were. I don't have keys to this. How do I set this? And and I kind of like, I'm like, I, I missed it. I really did. And so I talked to Scott and said, if I can, if I can swing it, kind of like, can I do it? So, and, and that had to have been a, a a tough conversation. I mean, I'm sure it was a tough conversation when you wanted to give it up and deal with all those feelings, yeah. and then literally less than a year later, you're having the same conversation but in reverse but like honey you 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 know would you mind if i would it be an issue you know um i try to get up early and do some household chores to hold my own around the house (laughs) and it is tough i mean i know um uh i've been with vicky for uh seven years we got married uh last june um in fact she reminded me that i forgot our six month anniversary so um i know i know no, just joke. She's great about that. Um, it was funny. I didn't realize that once you got married, you had to do the one month anniversary, two month anniversary, three. <laughs> She'd always just joke. She'd be like, "So, what are you getting me for my one month anniversary? What are you getting me for my two month anniversary?" Like, like, yeah. um, can I just give you a kiss? Or <laughs> we do, we do. Got your day. Got your day. Got oh, your day. Yeah, you do. So it's the day he proposed. It's the ah, day he got. So okay. we don't really celebrate any other. Like major. Hey, on a side note, I've got to say I proposed on a canoe, which was like ridiculously harder than it than I thought it was. Why? We we met in practice. Oh no! Well, here's the whole story. What if you tipped? Uh, What if you you lost the ring? That's what I mean. All right, like into the pond or whatever. I listen. This is kind of like me proposed on a canoe on dry land. Oh no no no! (laughs) I wish. No, the whole reason we we had met on a canoe trip. It was um, it was her her daughter's um, fifth grade field trip at uh, Clarence Center. She went to Clarence. I don't know if you went to Clarence Center or not. I didn't go. I don't want to. Um, every year they have a canoe trip. So I got I was a sub at Clarence and I got suckered into chaperoning the trip. Um, I was in charge of or chaperoning the canoes with or one of the lifeguards down at the docks. So she came down with two or three other parents, and the two parents got on a canoe and took off and just kind of left her by herself. So I just walked over and asked if you wanted to get on the canoe, took a canoe ride, and the rest was history. So um, this past summer, we usually— you hooked up on your daughter's field trip? Didn't hook up. Got introduced. We got lost. (laughs) There was no hanky-panky. Wait, what time is this so I can edit this out? No, there was was no hanky-panky on the trip. Um, So every year, we've been together uh, going on eight years. Uh, Yeah, it only took me seven years to propose to her. How, you know, I'm not the the quickest. You have to find the right canoe. I'm a distance distance runner. I'm not a sprinter. Um, So every year we try to go out to Lake Placid. You know, she loves canoeing. And I had the ring, believe it or not. Under my fedora, oh, the whole time. Shocking! I, I told her. I told her daughter. Um, her daughter and her friend went on the trip with us, and they were behind us in kayaks. And I had told her. I had told her daughter Sarah, uh, my now stepdaughter, and so she knew about it. So they were behind the canoes. Sarah was kind of secretly snapping pictures, and I'm in the front, and I somehow spun around and got down on one knee, 
you know, took the ring out from my hat and asked her to take a canoe trip with me for the rest of my life. I see. I yes, love that. that. See, see, that's I, you get the ah uh, from the ladies. Matt's like sucker. <laughs> she said yes. I would have splashed water at you and tipped the thing. So wait, how big was the ring? Oh, it was it was it was over a carrot. You know, we don't mess around here. Um, that's so. So, <laughs> I had I mean, to, the coaching salaries, you know. I was gonna say I, I have to. I had to save my cans, save my bottles and nickels. Uh, so, which was you know, blah blah blah. In fact, she she turned around and looked at Sarah. She's like, "What should I?" And Sarah's yelling, "See us!" So, so we do that, and I'm like, "Which whatever." And afterwards, I'm turning around, and it was a lot. Maybe it was just adrenaline, whatever. It was a lot easier to turn around to propose. Then getting back, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall. I was like, Vicky, hold on to that ring because if you drop it, I'm, like, getting the National Guard out here. I'm going scuba diving under there. On Mirror Lake. <laughs> on Mirror Lake. That's exactly where we were, on Mirror Lake. And um, so it was uh, it was thought out. I knew I had wanted to do it, but at the same time, I didn't think of all that other stuff until I was doing it. Even canoeing out there, I'm like, holy crap, what if I drop the ring? What if I tip over the wrong way? So, yeah, typical me. It was thought out, but it wasn't exactly wasn't thought out. <laughs> wasn't hilarious. wasn't rehearsed. That's a good story. I like that. But that was my uh, – I totally sidetracked. I forgot where we were, we were even before. We're talking about spouses and the time commitment that comes with coaching. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Seriously, I forgot where we were, why I brought that up. Total sidetrack. But uh, no, she. But she. She was with me while we were dating, and she. She knew. I mean, she knew it was something that was important to me. Don't get me wrong. There were times where, especially during indoor, and Michelle, I know. I'm sure you. Where not only are we coaching, but then you get the Saturday meets where you're literally gone. I mean, this Saturday, like you said, you got back at one in the morning. I know our bus had to leave at three. Um, where indoor does get a little rough, even outdoor when you're at invites or whatever, it can get a little trying. And there's been times where, you know, can we go? We're, can we go away for this weekend? Mm, no, sorry. Well, next weekend? No, that's NFL. Sorry. No. Well, what about no sectional? Sorry. Um, that's usually where you know the roses come in handy and buying the sunflowers. <laughs> But it can be tough. And I know when Sarah was playing sports, I mean, she was a basketball player. She ran cross country. Um, it was, I know for soccer, it was sprinting, sprinting off, off the field from either games or practices just so I could get to whatever gym she had her game at so I could catch the last even 20 minutes of her basketball game. Or, um, you know, maybe cutting practice short a little bit so I could sneak out to an invite at cross country or one of her meets there. It, it can be tough. And I think you're right. It does. It takes a lot of communication, but it takes that special person to just really get it that, you know, Hey, this is their passion. This is what they want to do. Um, so it does. I mean, Michelle with, especially with the younger ones, was it kind of the same with you or, um, I have actually first, I have to say how scary it is that we have the same thoughts. (laughs) <laughs> like it's actually really scary. Um, Side note about having the same thoughts. I tried to get her on my cross country staff when we had an opening. We were trying to figure out a yeah. way she Ooh. could get out of the elementary at Grand Island, get over to Niagara Wheatfield, 
and be the assistant coach at Weefield. Could you imagine if the two of us were at Weefield? Oh, that could be that could be trouble. Really scary how much that we are alike mm-hmm. because everything you say, I'm I'm thinking. But my kids are older than her, so I have one in college now. He's a junior, and then I have a senior now at Niagara Falls. So um, it wasn't quite as difficult with the whole you know raising your kids kind of thing because they were already older. So I've only been coaching for seven years now. And, um, but I hear what you're saying about running from one place to another to see your own kid compete. And that doesn't go away, just so you know, because at the collegiate level, my son plays soccer for Clarkson. And it's like, oh, we can go see him on this weekend. And you know, he's four or five hours away, I want to do anything I can to go see him. You know, this is my first one out of the house. And it's like, You'll do anything. So if there's a game on a Wednesday night in Ithaca, we're getting in the car and we're going. Absolutely. Um, but practices and meets, it, it makes it hard to do. And there are a lot of sacrifices. And, you know, Meg's right. Both our both our guys are amazing. Um, they actually both have the same personality, too. So that's kind of weird to say that out loud. <laughs> but they, um, Chris understands that. I feel some, probably more so in cross country that it's my therapy. I'm running with the girls and the boys this year, you know, and I'm getting my runs in. And, you know, coming from teaching kindergarten and first grade, you do show up to practice all wound up because every second of your day is accounted for. And then I go to practice and it's like it slows down and you can have conversations. So I treat it, it really is my therapy. And, and that's, you know, what I express to my husband. And he's fully understanding of that. Um, they're, don't get me wrong. They give me gray hair. They give me wrinkles. They drive me nuts. That's why I have to wear a fedora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, um, but it's, it, in the end, winning season or losing season. That's it, my therapy. So, and it's funny that you mentioned that because there's been so many times where, um, whether it's soccer, whether it's indoor, outdoor, or any, you know, I'll, I'll come home and I'll be like, oh my God, you can't believe what so-and-so did today at practice yeah. and telling Vicky. And then the next day I'll come home and with big smiles yes. on my, I mean, it's just. It's an emotional roller it really coaster. Is. And it makes me grateful. And you can edit this later that I don't have girls. I'll tell you something. <laughs> I go home and kiss both of my boys. Thank God you are boys. Go ahead, leave your underwear around. I don't care. Just don't talk back to me. <laughs> do what I tell you to do. But it's um, it's an adventure. That's for sure. And I have a newfound appreciation for my own high school coach. That's for sure. Which oh. I saw at States. And it was amazing. He makes me cry every time I see the man. He makes me cry. Big tears, yeah. <laughs> big fat tears. Now Matt's a first year coach over here for uh, gymnastics. He's he's taking. A, he's, he'll be a phys ed teacher soon. I was gonna say. Speaking of that gymnastics, do you do you, you didn't? Where what studio is Emily in? Where are you first? Greater Buffalo. Boo. Uh-oh. What are you, I guess that's... And No, every time we drive... Greater Buffalo is the one on North French, right? Yeah. Okay, so every time we drive by, we have to boo. I don't know it's a thing. <laughs> and if we don't, we get in trouble. We're Team Niagara. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, a little rivalry we don't really, there? No, no the, because our, the, coach, the coaching staff actually gets along really well. We do clinics with you guys all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, our, our technical rivals, if you want to say that, is Stumps. But, yeah. I mean, like, that's not yeah, even no, a rivalry. They, they definitely do clinics together and things. We were just in Syracuse at the On Center. Yeah. Did you guys go? Yeah, I think some of us did, yeah. What level do you coach? I coached the beginning level, so I can I coach like the really young, okay. just starting out team. She is a seven this year. Okay, yeah, so she's up there. That's a whole other language. 
I was going to say I'm like seven. Like, I'd be like maybe a one and a half. I don't know. So level seven, she practices Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday from 530 to nine. And then Saturday from 130 to 530. Yeah. So level set, like, is that, is it at a 10? Like, it's at a 10. Okay. So what is 10? Like Olympic level type deal or? It's, it's. Like nines and tens are, like, if you're a nine or a 10, it, you're probably, you probably are continuing in yeah, college. Yeah, you're, 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 pers- you're pursuing something higher. So you're getting like scholarship offers and stuff. Yeah, I I mean, like, your goal, like, that is your commitment. That's your life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, Matt, even as, you know, you've got a a wonderful girlfriend. She was on the show for a little bit. She did a little cameo appearance with Megan in the one episode. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) I was trying to think of who you were talking about. Wait a minute. Wait, what? (laughs) I was like, little friend. What does that mean? No, I said said lovely girlfriend, not little friend. Lovely girlfriend. I heard little friend. Okay, thank you. All right. Apparently, I had I, I couldn't speak there, but I said lovely girlfriend. Um, does she now with you just starting gymnastics? Uh, does she is that kind of uh, cutting into the uh, the time that you spend with her, or not all that much? Well, so for she's a music teacher at West Seneca, so okay. and she teaches like orca- like she teaches the orchestra there too. So for that, she has her own commitment. Like, obviously, I visit music, so I know, like, if you're doing, like, an ensemble of some sort, that is more than just teaching. You have to worry about practices and concerts of your own kind of thing. Um, So, she has that commitment, and I have the gymnastics. So, really, like, we're both distracted doing other things, so we have set days of, like, when we, like, dedicate towards ourselves, which is nice. And, um, you know, she's moving up so where she's going to be focusing more on just orchestra so if anything her time commitment is going to be taken up more with that and that's fine like i understand like that's what she likes to do and you know she understands that running around with kids and doing stuff that i could only dream of doing someday is uh how i deal with me getting older and not being as athletic as i once was (laughs) reliving the glory not getting any younger or whatever as you're what 21 22 no 23? Almost 24. Oh, almost 24. Almost. So he's like, know, an old, right? you know, he's an old man. <laughs> he's an old uh, wily veteran. As as we're all thinking, like, man, we left 24 a long time ago. <laughs> I'm in rec league sports now, and I still hurt myself. Listen, my knees are so bad, it hurts just saying rec league. That's how bad, not even playing in a rec league. In fact, it was funny. Today, I, I, I had my throwers... Um, running halls and doing the staircases with them or whatever, or doing stairs with them for agility work. And of course I get the, you know, the wise guy, coach, run it with us. So I don't know why I didn't back down. So I'm like, all right, 10 minute run, running the hallway with them, running the stairs with them. And of course I can't look like, you know, that I'm about to die. So the kids are like, I'm fine. Like, let's go. If I'm doing this, you're doing this. If I'm doing this, you're doing this. And at the same point at the end, I'm like, Oh my god! I'm like I felt. I feel like I just smoked like thirty packs of cigarettes all in once. Like my lungs are dying. I, I had the mask on or whatever running, yeah. and I'm turning corners. And I'm not gonna lie, I was. I'm turning corners, like lowering the mask, like <sighs> putting it back up. Like, and the kids are like, like, are you coach? Are you fine? Like, I'm fine. Go. And uh, you can't. You can't let them show it. Um, it's just like if I'm do if I'm doing this workout, you guys are doing this workout. And then I got to my car, and I'm like ready to pass out like i'm thinking like i gotta call vicky and see if she could come pick me up <laughs> but it's it's just 
it's you don't want to let go. I mean, it is what it is. Even during soccer, there's times where I'll just get in there like, all right, you know, here's how this drill is supposed to do. Or here's, and, and you take that wrong step in the wrong direction. And next thing you know, you're hobbling, but you can't hobble because your kids are going to make fun of you. I have to tell you this funny story. So I take the girls away each summer, two, three to four nights away. And uh, we do training in Ellicottville, um, in Syracuse, where I grew up. And there was this one year where we were in Syracuse running all my old, a, a small town south of Syracuse, running all these old trails. Everywhere you go is a hill. So day one, I did it with them, right? Day two, I'm like, oh, that's a little sore. I get through day two. Day three, we wake up. I woke up at five, five o'clock in the morning to take an ice bath just to get me through the day. I'm not even kidding. I'm sitting in the ice bath and I'm at my home where my, you know, my mom is living and the girls are tenting out in, in the orchard. And my mom's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I can't move. I can't breathe. Like, Mommy. And she's like, will you just stop running? I'm like, hell no, no, I'm not going <laughs> to stop running. And then and she's like, well, what time, what time do the girls get up? I'm like, in an hour and a half. She's like, oh, honey, you just sit right there in that ice bath. I'm going to go get you some tea. And I'm like, oh, but it took an ice bath to get through the day. Oh, yeah. That was torturous. And and she's way more dedicated than I am. I ran the Buffalo Bills 50-yard finish. And there was no way I was letting that little (laughs) 61-pound girl that's about four foot beat me. And I had to give everything I had to just come within like 10 feet of her. And that is the last 5K, like road 5K. We used to do them all the time together. And that is the last one I've ever entered because I will never, she will destroy me and and I can't. That's a tough pill to swallow. When your kids start beating you, then it's like, "Mm, I'll ride the bike. She's well, tiny. Oh, yeah. Tiny. Well, it, it's funny because Sarah, when she ran cross country, um, she was really good. She, um, I kept telling, but like, oh, you know, I used to, I ran cross country a year before soccer, but like when I ran track, I still hold the mile time, you know, the freshman record for the mile time at 5.05. I'm like, I bet you I can still do, you know, a mile in like 5.30, 5. So one time she calls me on her, my bluff. She's, when she was a junior or senior in high school, she's like, all right. She's like, I bet you, whatever, you can't do it. I'll give you 5.30. You can't do it in under 5, 5.30. So she gives me her little Fitbit, and she's riding the, or running next to me or whatever, and she's, like, trotting. I'm like, all right, let me, you know, I'm stretching, warming up. While I'm stretching, I'm thinking, like, what did I, why did I do this? Why did I do this? So I go like a bat out of hell, and, of course, I'm like, yeah, this is not what you're supposed to do. So I get this. So I run out a half mile. The Fitbit says a half mile. And, you know, you run back the other half mile. To my credit, I did it in 525. Okay. Wow. I did it in 520. This was about two years ago. And she's like, you know, give me, she's like, good job. Good job. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to cool down. Just why don't you put your bike away? The second she got in the garage, I passed out on the lawn. Like I passed out. Like I'm like hyperventilating Vicky's watching from the window I just happen to look up she falls down from laughing so hard Sarah comes out she's like are you okay but like yep just stretching just stretching yep I'll be yep I'll be back yep don't worry 
I think I got up maybe 30, 40 minutes later. I mean, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, I 525, I did it. That was probably the first time I ran a mile for, like, speed in whew, at least three, four years. Um, but even at soccer, I would always do the practices with my kids up until probably, like, five years ago. But as a coach, I just feel like, especially early on, that's almost kind of how I gained a lot of respect for my athletes. Like, all right, coach might have a tough workout, but he's doing it with us. You know, we hate doing these wind I've got sprints. A golf cart. You have you you've graduated to the golf cart. That's so lazy. You I, did not say, say that. I, I was also in a cast for the first twelve weeks of the season. All right, you blah, got an blah excuse. blah. That was perfect. But do you find though that as coaches, like if you do the workout with them, um, not only does it gain their respect, but they can't complain. Like I'll always say. If an old man like me can do it, you young kids better be able to do it better than I do. I mean, do you think – I don't – I mean, I know a lot of – like when we're doing like long runs, I will definitely go out and, you know, if they're going this way on the course, I may go backwards on the course and, you know, like Michelle said, get a run in and they know I'm out there to hold them accountable. But when it comes to like the tougher workouts – I'd like to have them on a clock. So, like, I don't do the interval workouts. I don't do the mile repeats Oh, sure. You can't do everything with them, of course. So, really, just kind of, like, on those fun free run days. And I also find that the golf cart helps me (laughs) keep them moving a little bit faster than me moving. And I don't have to take a four-hour ice bath when I get home. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Now, Matt, did you, you get a golf cart? <laughs> not, not. Matt, did you find though, like, if your coaches did your workout with them, did, did that kind of almost gain their respect a little bit? Or I, I never had a coach that did the same thing. None of you, us. even for soccer, none of your kids, none of your coaches did like the drills or anything with you, or no. Yeah, and I had a coach that played in his own men's league, and he still didn't do any of the workouts with you or any of the drills no. or not hop in all. for a scrimmage every now and then. No. Now, you, how would you feel if they did though? Um, I mean, I, I, I do that, like, especially like teaching phys ed too. like, if I'm doing something, especially if I'm doing like health and fitness with like high schoolers and like, I have them doing like circuit training and they're complaining about it. I do it with them right. just, just so they're just like, well, why do we have to do is like, well, I'm doing it. So it's like, might as well. Um, I get it. I, I think it, I think it definitely motivates people now I do say like when we're doing core and I'm doing core with them I, would, I always oh, say if this old lady who's had I two babies can hold this plank for 60 seconds you can do it for sure but there were workouts that I've done with the kids in the past um, where it was an instant regret and I couldn't walk for days but I will say and we talked about earliest memories of co- um, since you've been coaching and the very first year that I was coaching, I went out with the girls and I stayed with the girls in the back because I wanted to make sure everyone knew where they were going. And there was a good squad of seniors at the time. So I'm like, okay, you guys go off. I'll meet you here. And um, they didn't meet me here. (laughs) And (laughs) Uh so now as a kindergarten teacher, like I said, every day is planned out. Every second is planned out. I kind of started freaking out that they got lost, that they got abducted. Everything was going through my <laughs> every head. Every bad scenario I'm that like, you could think oh, of. I'm like, oh my God, they got hit by a car. I'm going to get fired already. And finally, they met me here. 
And I laid into them. What were you thinking? I've been waiting for 30 minutes. And their response was, we've never had a coach that ran with us before. We didn't, we didn't know. We're so sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't know what? That I'd be checking in on you walking? Like, that's my job, right? <laughs> so I'm laying into them, laying into them. And they're just like, you know, they obviously were apologetic. They're a great group of girls. And they're just like, can you run with us every day? And I'm like, that's the idea. Like, yes, yeah, just that's make what sure we're doing. Meet me here when Next I tell you to. Next time I say meet me here, you need to meet me here. So that's my earliest memory. That's awesome. Um, now, one thing I did want to talk a little bit too about um, with you two uh, being female coaches, did you ever have any uh, slack from uh, guys that you've coached? Because track and field, cross country, you're coaching both girls and, and yeah. boys. Um, did you ever have that that wise guy boy? Well, I'm not learning from a girl. You know, she's a girl. What does she know? Like, did you ever have any athletes that kind of um, maybe not even gave you slack, but were hesitant to take your advice just because you were you were females, or that they would be, especially on the track and field side, that they were. Well, I'm going to go over with coach, um, you know, with with whatever the guy coach was. This is a loaded question. You go first. Sure. So, although we think similar, you know, I don't think, I don't think I've ever, and I'm like thinking back to even when I coached in Ohio, I don't think I had, I don't think I've had kids question why we're doing something. Absolutely. Because like I said, you, you kind of have to buy in and everyone may have a different philosophy or a different way of going about things but I've never had I think I've had questions and I think I've responded to them in a way where listen you may not like what we're doing but I have a reason and if you would like to know the reason or you would like to talk about the reason I'm an open book you can approach me we can talk about it um, and I welcome your opinion but I'm still the adult and I am still in charge. Therefore we will do it the way I see fit. And I think because I give my athletes the respect to explain why I think and why I plan the way I do. I, I think that's maybe why I haven't had someone be like, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm doing my own thing because I'm willing to have those open conversations about, why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it. I feel like on the flip side of that, I feel like I, when I came in, I came in and I took over from Coach Bartha, who had been with Niagara Wheatfield for 60 years. He's in the Hall of Fame. That's it, 60? I figured maybe it was longer. Like 80 or, 80 I or think 90. He was, I mean, he was 80. Um, but he, I mean, very long like very long standing, well respected coach. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like when I came into the league, I didn't have to prove to the athletes that I knew what I was doing. I had to prove to the other coaches that I was capable of being a head coach. And like Michelle just said, in the officials. And I think that was more of my concern is. Do I know my things and do I know my stuff enough, enough enough to fit in with a predominantly head coach-based male staff? Like everyone in the NFL, 
all of the head coaches are male for track and field. There's not a female head coach until Michelle took over, you know, the indoor program. And there's definitely been spurts of girl head coaches. NT had a head coach that was a female before um, Coach Kibrick. Um, Jen Stanton at East was the head coach Jen before Stanton I took over. Jen Stanton at East. Um, and Jen, I still miss you and wish you were back. I want you to come back. Congratulations on your babies. Yes, yes. Congratulations. She had them, oh, right? Twins? Did she have them? I thought I so. I knew she was having. I didn't know if she had them yet or not. Let's check that. We'll, we'll check that on Facebook. But Jen, yes, I, I, and I was Jen's assistant until she took uh, until I took over the program three years ago, and I loved every minute of coaching with Jen. She was so knowledgeable. She was awesome, and she she ran a great program. And I learned, um, I learned a tremendous amount from her. In fact, I remember when she called me, um, and telling me that she was going to step down. And asking if I'd be willing to take over, um, my response was, "Of course I'd take over, but are you sure you want to step down?" Like me, literally trying to talk her into keeping her job, just because I would have missed coaching with her. She was she was very knowledgeable, and she did a great job of running the programs. No. She's doing May. Doing May. I was gonna say I thought it was I thought it'd be a little early. Those are gonna be beautiful babies. Yes. But yes. Um, but yes, I I don't think there's a lot of us, and I think more of proving to the other coaches in the league that you belong. But like our league is very welcoming and supportive and accommodating. But then you go to you go to states, and you feel very, you know, we're we're just starting building programs, so you go to these you know East Aurora programs and. And you feel like a very, very small fish in a very big pond. And so take some getting used to. I think that part is overwhelming because not only are you trying to prove to yourself that you can do it, but then you're seeing all these other coaches I feel like are watching you. And I'm like, you're like, all right, I, it takes a lot for you to get comfortable in your own skin again. But once you do get comfortable, and like Meg said, because we coach in such a great league, I think it came faster than I was ready for, and I'm th- so thankful for that. But once you get outside of our little bubble, it's like, okay, yeah, I remember this feeling, and I remember I didn't like it. So we got to do something to fix that. Well, it was funny. We were coming home from states, and the kids were or going to states, and the kids were in the back of the bus, and the coaches were in the front. And we're like listening to some coach chatter in the front and some kid chatter in the back. And I looked at Michelle and I'm like, how many miles a week are your kids putting in? Because that's the number I just heard from back there. And like, am I doing something incorrectly? And she was like, and it's nice because we can have those open conversations. I could text Marty and be like, what is your mileage? Like, what do you think is appropriate? And He's not hiding anything from us. I mean, he hides a lot from us, but he <laughs> he's will, an open book. But he will answer questions if you ask yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. So you get into those situations where you you second guess what your planning is, but I think as long as you stay true to what you're doing for your program, everything, every training plan can look a little different. But I will say that it is out there because I remember in my first year after I took over the girls' program. Um, and, and Jay Bibbler still had the boys program. Like 
officials wouldn't talk to me about an issue with a girl's race. Really? And I'm not talking bad about the officials because I know that they're amazing. And there's some really amazing officials out there. Um, But I remember that feeling. And I always want to remember that feeling because it reminds me to work even harder at my job. Um, But if there was an issue with a girl's race, they wouldn't come to me. They would they would go to Jay or they would go if it was an issue against like Marty. I remember they would go to Marty and I'm like, I'm right here. Now, was this male and female officials or just the male officials? It was just the male officials. Yeah. And I have to understand that I got to prove myself. I get that. But I can I'm just confirming it's not a great feeling. Um, But it it just reminds me to work hard and teaches me, hey, you got to prove yourself. That's all. Yeah. And it's um, it, like I said, I just thinking of working with Jen, it was it. I don't think there were times that any officials came to me um, about anything. They would go to Jen. They knew better. But she, by that time, by the time I joined the staff, she was the veteran coach. I think she had been coaching, uh, I want to say, at least five years before I joined her staff. And, um, it was just, uh, it was learning from her and I, I, I almost, it was, it was the exact opposite. I remember my first year or two, I almost wanted to prove myself to her. Like I wanted to prove, but like, Hey, what is this? What is this idiot wearing the fedora? Like, what does he really know? Does he know his stuff? And, um, I mean, for me, I'm, I was a distance runner. I ran, uh, the 16 to 32 in track. I did cross country before I eventually switched full-time to soccer. And I was still coaching the throwers because my first job uh, right out of college, I um, was supposed to be coaching at Cleve Hill. I was their assistant. I was supposed to take over their distance program. Literally two days before the season started, uh, they informed me that they brought their distance coach back. They're still going to keep me, but they want me to coach shot and disc. I knew in high school I tried to pick up a shot once and it didn't work very well and I hadn't picked it up since. So I literally was – I ran to the library, picked up about five books on shot and disc. So when I took the interview at East, um, one of the questions they asked, well, what have you coached before? Stupid old me had to mention, well, I did coach shot and disc over at Cleve Hill for two years so of course Jen made me the shot and disc coach, which to this day I love. Um, I love my kids that I coach. It's it's fantastic. Uh, they still all co- all throw better than me, um, but I just remember it was almost like, all right, I gotta rebrush up on my stuff and make sure that I'm running this shot and disc program so that Jen is happy, so that she's you know I'm I'm almost trying to impress her. So it was uh, it was almost the reverse for me. Would you like to come coach shot and disc at Niagara Wheatfield? Or would you like to coach my son at NF and teach him how to throw? <laughs> Matt, they're talking to you, Matt. What do you what do you think? No, they aren't. No, they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Matt coaches gymnastics, so he he would be he would be someone good to get in on your pole vault staff. I was going to say, hint, hint, Matt, there there are two track and field coaches here. If you have any ideas of coaching track and field, you know, we're trying to get you in hopefully at East somewhere, but, you know, what, Grand Island and I mean, Wheatfield has a phys ed opening. Do they really? We do. Is this another one? Is this another one at your building that you've been trying to get me at for like 27 years? No, my bu- we are three full time at my building. Nobody's going anywhere at my building. We are locked and loaded in there. 
<laughs> um, so this is definitely the time to, you know, promote yourself here. Okay. <laughs> Great job there, Matt. Listen, my promotion is them listening to this podcast. <laughs> you sure you want to promote yourself that well with this podcast? Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, but no, it's um, – I always wonder though as as female coaches if you just – if A, if you ever had any bad experience from other guy coaches or even if you – if not to say had an argument but had a misunderstanding with a guy coach or somebody kind of looked down on you. And at the same point, you know, when your kid beats their kid where you just kind of have, you know, maybe give it a little – Told you so. Uh oh, somebody's holding no, somebody back I, here. I think my only my only thing of coaching boys and being a female is I really try to make sure that like I have a very clear line. Like I will text my girls' captains. I will reach out via remind to my boys. Like so, just making sure you know those lines are crossed. Set now there's there's a little there's a little overlap with my athletes now because. Some of my varsity athletes are Christopher's best friends. So they're in my pool in the summers. And, you know, so you just have to – and I've started to become friends with Christopher's friends' parents. And – but I, I, I never had – I've never had a situation where, you know, I've been accused of being a favorite. Our sport is very cut and dry. It's not like soccer where – Oh well, I'm gonna play Johnny because he's Christopher's best friend, and he's yeah. gonna be our starting forward, not you. Um, and even coaching my own kid, I have a spreadsheet, and it's at any time they can look yep. at the Google sheet and they can see best time, how many best meets distance, like yeah, oh, and, you I know, love it. how many meets you ran and how many meets you competed at varsity, and this is a standard to earn your letter. And there, there's really no. It's black and white, and I've I haven't run into any problems. No. I think because I have good kids, and I mean, out of my top twelve, I think I gave twelve varsity letters on my boy side. All twelve made scholar athlete. Yeah, and out of oh, did that just come out yet? yeah, and then well, it's based on building. So ours just came out Monday. Oh, so. They just have to they have to run grades. Your athletic department oh. runs grades. So it just depends on when the athletic department does it. We didn't get ours in time for the banquet. So now my poor athletic secretary is calling each kid down to give them their pin. Um, God save she does everything for our, our program. <laughs> but you know, and on my girl side, I, I think I was at a hundred percent also. So I have good, smart, kind, hardworking, respectful athletes. So I think that's why we don't. But you get what you expect. Absolutely. I, I expect a certain behavior, and I know Michelle does too. There's an attendance policy. There's like this is what it is. It's not a free for all. So if you want to be here and you want to put in the work, be here. And yeah. if you don't, and you're going to cause a problem, then you can go home. And yeah, I've I've kicked my fair share off, oh, and yeah. First time kicking off off the team or out of practice? I've done both, practice and oh, team. I we sometimes and sometimes you know what? It's a little addition by subtraction, you know where yeah. it makes it makes it better. I I kicked someone to the curb and talked to their parents, sat down, and I said, "I'm sorry, like this, 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 this," and they came back the next year and were one of like an integral athlete that 
help the team and just needed a little bit of growing up. And I think had I not made that, not example to the team, but held him accountable. Probably would have been the same trouble. I yeah, I think he learned a lot from the situation and he came back. I was nervous when he came back because I thought I'd get a little attitude and a little pushback. And I got, hey, you did the right thing. I'm the one that screwed up and I'm going to prove to you. So there was that little heart to heart before the season started. it It was great. Beautiful. And that's what you want to see. Um, this was my first year coaching boys, and um, I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Like with my girls, they know what to expect of me, and I know what to expect of them. But with the boys, it was just a big, fat unknown. Um, we had the addition of an amazing, amazing um, assistant coach in Matt Doherty, and he went out running with them. And I think that that tempered it Um but the boys were so funny. They made me laugh, my loud laugh, every single day. I asked them to do something, and it was, yes, ma'am. Yes, coach. What's next? And I'm like, dang, I could get used to this. And even to the girls, I'm like, are, are you listening? <laughs> like, this is this is respect. And, you know, I, I felt that from the boys. But I will say that I do start each season with my own stats because I think that's important for the kids to understand my journey um, maybe it'll motivate them, but mostly I do it so that they understand that, hey, I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. um, and I did that with the boys this year and, um, you know what, I think it carried some weight. Um, but I do have to say that it was balanced out with that, with, with coach Doherty and the amazing job that he did and the excitement level that he brought to these boys. So. Absolutely. And it's funny that you say like with stats or whatever, I always tell my kids, but like, listen, I don't set the lineup. You guys set the lineup. Yeah. But, like, we're going to look at the top three shot put throwers, the top three weight throwers for indoor, the top three um, discus throwers for outdoor. You guys are going to set the lineups. Your top three jumpers? Oh, wait. Well, that's this episode. <laughs> it will never get old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of that, we're going to get to our hot seat question we're gonna put you guys on the hot seat now matt i told you i've got four questions so i'm gonna put you on the hot seat and make sure you, you get at least one you want to kick us off here or do you need some time to, to think i need you to set the tone all right i'm gonna set the tone all right we're gonna start off with um so if you have a you're having a dinner party who are three these could be either athletes or celebrities uh, uh music people what three famous people are you inviting to that dinner party that you're having? Matt, you're answering these questions too. Wait, so you're inviting three famous people to a dinner party? Yep. Three famous could be famous athletes, famous musicians. Dead or alive or both? Both. Both. Ooh. And they don't they, – they could be uh, you know, politicians, whatever. It could be inventors, scientists, three famous people that you are inviting to your dinner table. Um, while you guys were thinking, I'll kick it off first. For me, it would be um, Pele, yeah. Brazil soccer player. I mean, I'm, I'm inviting him all day long. Um, one of, the, I think, the best soccer players in the world to ever play it. Um, not only that, a great ambassador for the game. Um, so he's coming to the dinner table. Um, I'm going to say Robert De Niro, um, one of my favorite actors. So I'm bringing him. And, you know, this might be breaking the rules, but I'm going fictional character. I'm going to say Ted Lasso. I don't know if you guys have watched Ted Lasso. 
I'm bringing uh, – so I'll, I'll let you guys do fictional characters because I'm breaking the rules here. But I'm saying Ted Lasso, I'm bringing him, I'm bringing him to dinner. That is a good dinner. So, Meg, I see right. you there. You got three? I've got mine. All right. So I'm assuming if I'm having a dinner party that my children are involved. Oh, of course. So I'm going to bring Simone Biles. Okay. Because great, great athlete, great role I, model. I just think that she's amazing and she exemplifies a lot in sports, especially for women. And my daughter would be through the moon if she was sitting at the dinner table. And I think the conversation between Simone and Emily would be just priceless. So I would invite Simone. I would invite Steve Prefontaine. Ooh, okay. Because I would love to ask a million questions about running. And I'd invite my daddy because he's the smartest man I know. Aw, daddy's girl over there. I love it. Matt, Michelle, any of you guys got... Who wants to go first here? I can't. I can't think of a name of the person in my head. I'm trying is to it, think of it. Can you describe him? Maybe is it a famous person who we might know? Yeah, of course. Um, he's in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Thank you. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. It's funny. One of my throwers, his last name is Bonavito, and he brought up, I love Always Sunny. So we're like, listen, your name, I'm calling you DeVito the rest of the year. So <laughs> so Danny DeVito. Him and Miles split on Danny DeVito. <laughs> All right. So Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, because I feel like that would just be interesting. Um, Danny DeVito from Always Sunny, though. Like, okay, that, like the that, actual character? Like Frank, Reynolds. The, Frank Reynolds. The, Frank Reynolds. Is it the Frank from the episode of um, The Diddler? He didn't <laughs> want to be The Diddler? Because that's on um, constant reel at the White House. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know where he goes and he, uh, the mortician gets them all? Yep. Yep. Yes. And you do the talent And he's show. holding Frank's little beauties to make sure he knows that nobody, <laughs> like he's not the like the yeah, child diddler because his partner ended up being one. No, not that one. Probably, <laughs> probably like just a version of him living in like the squatter like with Charlie and just like rat infested apartments. Um, so him... Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, the two okay. drastic differences. <laughs> I was going to say, that'd be an interesting dinner. That would be, I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo would show up to that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, probably Darth Vader. Ooh, okay. Might be a little hard for him to eat under the mask or whatever, but he's got to eat something. Yeah. Why not? All right. I I'll like find that. Force ghost Darth Vader. He's not eating. He's just chilling. <laughs> he's easy to shop for. <laughs> All right. Michelle, what do you think? Okay, I'm going with three different personalities. Um, my first would be Allison Felix. F- Felix. Felix? Felix. Why do I always want to say Phoenix? You know Felix. who Allison Felix is, right? That track star this year? Yes, yes, yes. Um, in the Olympics. Okay. Um, she's made her own shoe line that I'm obsessed with, but they're like 250 bucks. Ooh. I'm hoping Santa. Well, if you Chris bring White. if you bring her to dinner, maybe she cuts you a discount. I know. I want I want the um I want the the white ones. 
Um, so I'd love to talk shop with her. Um, again, just an amazing female perspective. <laughs> he knows already. Okay. <laughs> um, that I'd love to sit and shoot the shit with. Um, then I got to go with Chris Stapleton. He's my decompress. He's, um, the musician that can just get me from a hundred back down to zero and just is very grounding something in his voice. I could just sit and listen all day long. That favorite song. Reading. Um, golly, no, just like, a, just like it all. Favorite. I can just have it on. It doesn't on, matter. Um, Put it on rotation. shuffle and it's just, yeah. it's all good. Yeah, for sure. So he's my, my decompress. Um, and then honestly, I'm going to go with, um, Michelle Obama. I'd love to sit down and just talk and talk and talk. Okay. She's got amazing ideas. Um, I think she's had an amazing journey and uh has a great perspective and she's well she's stunning but those are my three picks very three very different personalities i love it i feel like that's the that's a good dinner you got to have different personalities brings out different conversations now what would you serve for dinner we got to go with the the wings right pizza and wings I was going to say that's a good follow-up question. I was going to say that could be that. You know what? That's going to be. <laughs> this will be our two. first. This will be our first guest <laughs> hot seat questions. I like it. That's so, mine. That's mine right there. <laughs> I called it. So Michelle, what was it? What's the what's the dinner? What are we making? All right. But uh, they're coming to Buffalo, so it has to be. I would pick something Buffalonian. So coming to Buffalo. I do beef and whack. Okay, any any certain place where you're ordering that beef and whack from? Beef and barrel. So her dog. Beef can and barrel. Eat it I later. thought you were gonna say Charlie the butcher, but nope. No. Beef and barrel and Olean. Okay. Bonus. Remember, I walked there from sectionals, or no, or, we Grubhub did or something. Yes, we did. Oh, so you had beef and barrel, <laughs> and it was you delicious. It. You got it. And <laughs> I'm gonna sidetrack here. We went there, and remember, um, I forgot where it was, but we ended up walking to a Tops or a Wegmans for one of the sectionals because we were starving, and it was the only thing nearby. You walked to Subway during the class meet for me. That was last year. Yeah, yeah. Dan and I walked to Subway. Oh, we got you a, nice. a yeah. chicken su- or turkey sub or something. Chicken Caesar wrap. Chicken Caesar wrap. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right, so Megan's ordering uh, beef on weck. Um yeah, I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do pizza and wings. I'll keep it buffalo. Although they've got to be from Bar Bills. I love Bar Bills. They're Cajun Cajun honey barbecue wings. I think oh that's God. what Scott orders. Oh, I love those Bar Bill wings. Those are fantastic. So I'm going pizza and wings from Bar Bills. Cajun honey barbecue. Matt, I'm gonna go Bocce's pizza. Okay, um, with wings and then a two liter of Loganberry. Ooh, I love the Loganberry. All right, good choice. I'm going Cheerios. Cheerios. Downtown Buffalo. Breakfast for dinner. <laughs> Brinner. No, I would do the Burton Burger. You, you can't beat the Burton Burger. Okay. Two Olean restaurants. I, I love it. Olean representing. Cabanas. <laughs> I love it. All right. So with holidays coming up, favorite holiday songs. Favorite favorite holiday songs. Favorite Christmas songs. Question number three. Um, I was I, I don't even know. I came up with the question. I had an answer and I totally blanked on it. Um, I don't know. Well, my kids were singing all day today that hippopotamus song. The hippopotamus wanna, song. All I want is a hip- oh yeah. Christmas is, yeah. <laughs> and I will say there is this one girl in my class who has an amazing voice. It's actually freaky how good of a song, she, or how good of a singer she is. So I played that thing all day long. I love it. 
All right. I remember mine. I'm going Dominic the Donkey. What? Hee-haw, hee-haw. Oh. It's Dominic the Donkey. donkey. I've never I have it. It's on hee-haw, my hee-haw. Oh, hee-haw. I love it. Dominic the Donkey. Oh, that's it's, it oh. is fantastic. Um, the Italian Christmas donkey. The Italian Christmas donkey. Oh, uh, Chickadee ching. Oh, I love it. I forget. I heard this maybe like five, six years ago, and uh, I just I was like, "What? Oh, it's it, right it, there. It, it is Dominic fantastic." The Dominic the donkey. Um, I, I love it. You'll Megan will have to play it for you. It is fantastic. Um, Megan or Matt, favorite favorite holiday songs? I'll go Rudolph. Not Rudolph. The red nose. <laughs> Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. I was gonna say that was another good one. Drastically different than Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever clarified. Rudolph was really cute. If Rudolph wasn't the head reindeer in that accident, nobody <laughs> ever clarified. <laughs> His nose went out. He was stuffed, and he you ran have over no Grandma. Idea if he did it. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, Dominic the Ducky. Never heard this. Oh, he's cute. Hey, it's Dominic the Every time I see you, I'm hee-hawing in your face. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. In fact, we'll be there Friday. <laughs> oh, you got the Sunday meet? Oh, we got Friday, this one. I'm not. Oh, actually, I'll be there Friday because I'm going to be just a mom. So oh, I'm going to okay. hee-haw in your face. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I'll be disappointed if you don't. <laughs> You didn't get mine. Mine's You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Okay, another classic. I love it. Um, sung by, do you know who, sang, who sings the song? No. They're great. That is Tony the Tiger's voice. Really? That Wait, is the original Tony, voice? Of, like the original the voice of Tony the Tiger. That is the guy who sings the... Okay, now how do you know that? that makes I, it, was on, uh, it was on one of those VH1's uh, recap shows or whatever, but oh. yeah. He is. Uh, Pop up videos. I is that how old we are? Something I like that. That would have been a great little <laughs> trivia there, but no, That's Tony great. the Tiger. He does all the songs. The the gentleman who does the voice of or used to do the voice of the original Tony the Tiger. He uh, he yeah. sings the "You're a Mean One, Mister." He sings all the songs in there. That's crazy. Yeah. I love it. All right. All right. So we're at what was that number three? We're three, at number so four. Right. All right. We'll do a quick one here. Uh, fake tree or real tree for oh. Christmas? Fake or real? Ding dong over here gets real. I know that for sure. <laughs> but this is our first year with the fake. The fake tree? Nobody wanted to go out and cut the damn thing down. So I'm like, we're getting fake. Go fake. Now, Meg, do you cut yours down? So we always grew up with real trees. And then I wasn't allowed to have a real tree. And then. Why? Oh, that one's off limits too. Well, there's a lot of off topic or off limits. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, Christopher's dad, my ex husband, didn't like the mess or to deal with it. So, we were never allowed to have one. So, then when I was divorced, the first thing I did was take the kids and we cut our own tree. Christopher was like seven and he's like carrying it through the field. It was, it was great. Um, So, now we always have a real one in Scott. There's there's a rule, and I can be as obnoxious as I want. So our tree this year is about <laughs> ten and a half feet. What? Uh, yeah, and it's not nearly as obnoxious. Tell how fat it is. It's not as obnoxious as it was last year. I, I kind of I'm upset about it this year. I thought it was going to be more obnoxious, but it's not. So we have two fake trees, and then the real obnoxious one. I just you're saying that 10 feet and really all I all I picture is a Christmas vacation where they bring in the big tree it's full they snap. snap yeah yeah 
Victory, so we have full, a tradition. Lots of we we go by age. So Emily starts, and then Avery, my stepdaughter, and then Christopher, and then me, and then Scott. And so we we take the scissors and we cut cut it all the way up twine. And then the youngest goes again, and then we move up, and then we get on the ladder, <laughs> and then it keeps going. And then at some point, the tree just goes. Poof. Has anybody ever gotten like knocked off the ladder? <laughs> no, but Scott had to put in eye hooks into the molding so we could rope around to support the tree extra. <laughs> I love it. All right, so we've got a real and a fake over there. Matt, and both. And both. We, I, I would say three trees. Three trees. <laughs> I love Christmas. Santa, uh, I know him. I'm, I, I was always a real tree. Uh, I was a real tree. We've, in fact, when we go when we go tree shopping, um, Sarah. Even this year, she came home. Uh, we did it over Thanksgiving break, and we have we uh, have to have the aha moment where everybody just looked like ah, that's the one. So we have to have the aha moment when picking out the tree. As oh my. <laughs> Goodness, Megan showed me her her Christmas tree over there. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't even did see you, you in that did, picture. Did Did you take the one from like New York City and put it in your living room? We tried. It's Holy moly! Dang. Um, so we always had real tree. That's like five aha moments in a row right there. Um, Matt. Real or fake? I always get real, and my girlfriend actually has never had a real tree before, so I'm taking her to go get, not hers, she has a fake one, but I'm taking her to go get my real one tomorrow. Okay. She's never, ever gone Christmas tree shopping before. Ever. Really? Yeah. Uh, and her dad beautiful. and her dad only sets up a black and white Christmas tree. Ooh. What does that mean? What is a- Like the ornaments are black? Uh, no, so the tree is white, and all the ornaments are black and white. That's cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I like it. We have a sports tree. I so like that. Sports tree. Our fake tree that's in the front of the house is all ornaments either relating to sports that the kids played or ornaments of teams we like. Bonaventure's on that tree. Ohio State, the Bills, the Jets. <laughs> um, any. That's a lot of work. It's all sports ornaments. <laughs> sports <laughs> ornaments. But my kids are. My kids are older, so. I mean, and when we did go and get real trees, it was always a fight. And then it was like, it wasn't an aha moment. It just came to pick a damn tree. <laughs> like, we've been here three hours. Somebody picks something. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, last one. We're going to stay with the holiday theme here. Actually, it doesn't have to be holiday theme necessarily, but favorite cookie. Favorite type of cookie. I don't like cookies. Who doesn't like cookies? I don't like cake. I don't like cupcakes. I don't like brownies. I don't like cookies. Are you kidding? No. For what reason? They just don't appeal to me. So what is like your your junk food of choice then? Candy. Yeah. Gummy candy. Okay. Me too. I could give up cake, cookies, brownies. Me too. I don't have to have it, but candy. Yeah. Chocolate. Yeah. All right. so, So you're going with the cookie gummy. No, nah, man. I'll, I'll take the cookie gummy <laughs> minus the cookie part. The cookie gummy. All right. Um, they make Sour Patch Kids cookies. What? I yeah. That, yeah. I've never tried it, and I don't want to, but they do make them. Okay. That... I'll go with cookie brownies are my favorite. Oh, cookie brookies? brownies? Brookies. Yeah. All right. 
I like it. Um, me, brownies. I'm going with oatmeal raisin. Oatmeal raisin oh, or the oatmeal raisin one. chocolate chip. But that's that's not an old man cookie, is it? You got a sugar cookie that's oatmeal half raisin? baked in the middle. So it's like raw in the middle. A little sugar yeah. cookie inside. Okay. No, an oatmeal raisin is not an old man's cookie. Yes, it is. Is it? It is. <laughs> See, they're both. Michelle's like, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna nod. It is an old man cookie. <sighs> hey, whatever. I'm an old man. Do you grunt when you sit down and about to eat them too? <laughs> After a mile run, <sighs> I was gonna. Say. <laughs> no, his oh, mile runs point, the walk from that. Somebody's to the... gotta feed me the cookie because I can't get up to eat it. Snickerdoodles are a good one too. They are. See, I've heard I'm allergic to peanuts though, and peanut butter, so I can't have the Snickerdoodles. Snickerdoodles doesn't have peanut butter in it. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Snickerdoodles don't they have like peanut butter or nuts or something in there? No, it's cinnamon and sugar. Yeah, but I thought there were like nuts in there too, or peanut butter. No. So I've been passing on Snickerdoodles this entire time. Yeah, like a a good Snickerdoodle is good. Yeah, that's an old lady cookie. Ha ha. I, you can eat your oatmeal raisin and I'll eat my snickerdoodle. Yes, we'll, dear. We'll sip our tea. <laughs> Larry, <laughs> honey, can you pass the milk? Can you pass the milk, honey? Larry can pretend to be deaf. <laughs> what? I know it is. What do you mean? I wouldn't have to pretend. <laughs> it's called selective hearing. <laughs> and Michelle, favorite favorite oh, cookie. No. I will say. I love Chris's grandma used to make these Christmas cookies. Uh, they're cherry chocolate cookies. She passed down okay. the recipe to me. I'm not going to say that mine tastes like hers, but it's a close second. So that's the my favorite. I'd have to say that's probably a house favorite too. I the like cherry it. chocolate. So when are they coming to us? Yeah, we're working on that. You know that whole time commitment piece with what Listen. we deal with. Indoor season is a long season. Outdoor season is a long season. Plenty of time to make those cookies. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, what are the What are those Italian cookies? The 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 very like thin ones, and they're kind of like pizzelles. Pizzelles. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Those are okay. Those are great. Those are I, so hard to make. They, they are. are. They're a pain. Now, do you like the the plain pizzelles, or do you like the chocolate the chocolate pizzelles? Oh, I'm never saying no to the chocolate. I've I've never I didn't even know there was one. Oh yeah, they have the chocolate pizzelles. Those are boy, fantastic. you gotta wake up. And sad, I know. The, the sad part is my my girlfriend's family is like heavy, heavy, heavy Italian. I was gonna say, have you gone through a Christmas with them yet? No. Oh, so this, this will be the first, first Christmas. Well, like the grandma, like she makes everything. They make their own sauce, so they're about to make listen. Some, like, make yeah. sure you don't eat any breakfast, lunch. <laughs> like make sure you come there. On a empty stomach, and don't leave anything on that plate. No, That's whatever an insult. Whatever they put on your plate, you finish, and you ask for more. That's you right. Fin- even if you're like packed, I'm telling you, you will put on at least ten pounds Truth. from that dinner. I heard, but you like, have to finish having it. Pasta for Christmas dinner, yeah, lasagna. And if they're true, they'll have the fish sauce there too. Yeah. You That's have to try one. the fish sauce. That's what night one. Yes, fish sauce. It is. I can say this; it is not good, but you have to try it. <laughs> On what? Like do you... on pasta? It's no, the don't fish tell sauce. Them everything. Let them figure it out. <laughs> I can't do that. You can't leave anything on your plate. The kid. bacala. You got to eat the bacala. <laughs> don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like. I want to come just to watch. I do too. The gabagool. Yeah. Can you? Can you like? Can you Facetime us into your family Christmas? I don't wanna, man. Why are you? Why are you talking with your cell phone the entire? Don't worry about it. Well, no. So that did happen to me the first time I met her Italian grandma. She's like, "Why aren't you eating?" And I was like, "I'm full." She's like, "No, you're not." I was like, "Okay." No, no, no. 
But she she brings dessert all the time, and she looks at me. She's like, "I know you're not going to eat this because you don't like brownies." And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, oh, yeah. "I'm going to make something for you." <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat. You're too thin. Eat. What do you do? You eat. Yeah. Oh, that's a podcast. That's a whole other series of a podcast in its own. Food. <laughs> Italian. Italians. <laughs> a regular dinner with an Italian. Uh, well, thank you both so much for, for coming on. Now, Michelle, you were a little scared coming on. Yeah. What did you think? Did, I think it was, it was a lot of fun. So we'll definitely but have to have you guys easier. back for outdoor? Yeah, because when she's talking, I'm like, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> and I'm certain that when I was talking, she was like, I definitely would not say that. That's what I say when Larry talks. I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I talk way too much. Wait, should we start our own podcast? I feel like we should. Listen, I will get you in contact with Matt. 20 bucks for everything. He will set you guys up. I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> what do we talk about? I don't know. Bonas. I love the Bana it. Podcast. The Bana Bonas podcast. Bana Bonas. Go Bonas. Thank you two so much uh, for coming on. Um, we're definitely going to have you guys back again um, sometime. We'll talk about outdoor. We'll talk about Italian cookies. We'll talk about whatever. Thank you. Thank you so much. By then, Matt, maybe you'll bring the Italian cookies. <laughs> I'll try. Like If I know, I'll try to bring I'll give you. I'll give you at least a week's notice. Listen, <laughs> bring those pizzas. I could walk into the house and come out with a full tray of lasagna that they had extra, and I could yeah. bring it in. This is for you. This is for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're very good at that. It was really good. Seriously, though, thank you for having us. This no time. problem. Anytime. Uh, make sure you guys check us out on at Stories from the Sidelines on Instagram and Facebook. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure, and we'll see you guys next week on Stories from the Sidelines. That was fun. Wait, did you oh, you look off? really cute. <laughs> <laughs>